like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello, sleuths. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for roving violinists. So this week we are discussing, amongst other things as always, Nancy Drew and the Clue in the Old Album. And I am so jazzed to talk about this book. But Kelly... same. Big time same. (laughs) I've been so excited all day for this. Me too. Um, Before we do, I have a thought for you to ponder. Ooh, the ponder thought. This book was, you know what I'm going to say. You I do. know what I'm going to This book had so many dolls in it. It was very I know. doll-centric, one might say. <laughs> that would be a perfect way to describe it. And um, I am a person who has some dolls. A few. <laughs> Upper to word it's, it's one of the most charming things about you, I would say. Is it? I don't. Yes. I, I appreciate you're that still You're still in charming territory. It. Like, there is a threshold or a tipping point in which it crosses over into creepy, but you're not there yet. I so. want to discuss that threshold with you later. I actually jotted down a question about that. But uh, Okay. All right. My th- I'll, ponder thought. I'll be thinking about my response. Yes. Ponder thought. Sorry. <laughs> that is one of them as well. But um, <laughs> can I have all of your old American Girl stuff, please? And thank you. <laughs> you, you can, actually. No, stop it. I'm completely kidding. I'm completely kidding. I know. Well... I, I've been considering this for a while, and at some point, yes, you will get all of it, um, because I think they are not fulfilling their dollhood destiny with me. <laughs> They're like a bicycle that never gets ridden, you know? <laughs> and with you, they they would fulfill their dollhood destiny. And is dollhood a word? I, I why think, do I always ask that question? I Well, because we have creative vocabularies, and sometimes we, we just like to double check. <laughs> it, it just like, just want to make sure. Um but yeah, they would also have siblings, and mm. I know that that's a very important thing in one's life, which I'll be talking about later in the episode as well. In the life of a doll. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna really come full circle on a couple of points here from this ponder thought. I guess. Yeah, we are. Uh, well, mm. I have a more serious. Well, it's not really a ponder thought, but it's more of a statement. Yes, and in a dress up front right off the top. Yes, a statement yeah. that I slash we would like to make. Um, there is a term that is used in this book, and uh-huh. by my estimate, it's used approximately 8 million times. Is that that's, accurate? That's more or less accurate, yeah. Give or take two or three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And um, so this term, which will not get airtime, um, is a very, very non-PC way to refer to the Romani people. Um, so we will be referring to them as the Romani people, which is who they are. If you are so inclined, you can also learn more about them and find lots of great information about their history on the internet. Um, that's that's kind of what I wanted to put yeah. out there. I think that's very good to state off the top. So. Yes. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've discussed this in previous episodes, but this is at the top of the list of one of the Nancys that uh, could use a modern day rewrite. So could, yes, could definitely use a modern day rewrite. I feel very certain that modern day Nancy would do better. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Okay. Well, that's, that's the end of my serious note. Thank you. Yeah. Good, good serious note. So um, before we delve into standard 
brief life update updates hashtag banter we <laughs> we first wanted to do a huge thank you and shout outs to the wonderful people who have joined our patreon Yay! which is very exciting we love you so big time um we love you all but special shout out to the new helen cornings in our life kevin codell jake jeremiah kate vj megan jerry and alice thank you we love you yeah. Thank you so much for supporting the show. This has already been like a huge help to us to keep the podcast running, and we're very grateful. So thank you. We are. We should all hang yeah. out. Let's have a Patreon party. Uh, we should do that. Dress up as your favorite Nancy Drew character. Oh, I'll have to pray on that. I'll be the water horse. Okay, I talk about <laughs> the water horse too much. <laughs> that that has become like your like emblem or something i think if you had a logo it would now be a water horse probably which which is just a horse that's in water it, it, that's i want correct. it to be different than that i want it to be like a horse made of water <laughs> or a, or a horse that lives in the water a seahorse perhaps <laughs> a sea a seahorse but with a mane um oh, and okay. actually this is just a horse that walks through water it, not on water that would be better just fording a river <laughs> fording a stream well, Karen, so uh, what has been going on in your life these days? Oh, I'm so happy to report that you know what has been happening in my life because you live three hours from me. And listeners, as you know, I moved across the country. I am now very close to Kelly. And last weekend, Kelly came to visit me. And we it was... We got to see each other. Amazing. And like it was the best I would say the only thing left to be desired is I could have used a couple more days. So for sure, it was it was way too fast. And we we didn't like we ideally we would be able to record a show together in person. And we just did not have enough time slash energy for that at the time. So we have really important things to do. Like, for example, par example. Yes. We drank wine by a fire pit. Mm -hmm. That was pretty Mm -hmm. good. Check. Check and check. Uh, Even though it was easily 90 degrees outside, we were like. Let's still do a fire. We should have we'll a just fire. sit far away from it. <laughs> Perfection. Um, you got mm-hmm. to see Ypsilanti and most notably the Ypsilanti water tower. I did. I did. And for those of you who, like me, do not have an immediate visual of what the Ypsilanti water tower is um, and why we might be bringing it up specifically in this podcast, I would just encourage you to Google it. Yeah. Um, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. work of architecture. I'll leave it mm-hmm. at that. hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> And then, kind of last but not least, we watched Hocus Pocus because it is the season for the witches. It is. We <laughs> we jumped on it at the first appropriate second, which was I think September first. It what it was it was, mm-hmm. and like we didn't make it to the end because we're old and we fell asleep. But that's that's fine because we've seen it like probably a thousand times. So <laughs> book yes, uh, we made it through the most important parts. So. Um, so thank you for coming to visit me. That was the greatest. You are very welcome. It was um, the best. The other thing I have to share this week is I have a confession that will surprise surprise no one. So I have currently lived mm. in this town for five weeks as mm-hmm, we speak. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I've already gotten my first uh, email from the Ypsilanti Public Library saying, no. your library books are overdue. <laughs> Bring them back. And I'm Karen, just like you're shaming our family in your new town. Like, ugh. oh my god, are you already in library jail, or is it just like your first warning? It was just the 
the premiere warning. I'm not, I haven't gone to library jail yet, but uh, I just. Usually when I move, I'm like, I get to reinvent myself. Like I'm going to be an outdoors woman. I'm going to like doing things like hiking. And um, like when I moved to Charleston, I was like, I'm going to go to the beach every day. Every I am going to be a beach person. I almost never went to the beach. (laughs) I was like, do you know how much sand there is? at the beach it's a messy environment (laughs) it is but i only bring this up because i mean like karen i get i guess from the positive perspective you are just being authentically yourself which is a late returner of library books (laughs) i like that perspective and also you know i think they had to buy a second holds shelf for all the books i've been requesting (laughs) and like they don't even this library doesn't even know what hit it so i'm like does it just say Karen's books on it? It, it should. <laughs> mm-hmm. That that is that would be a whole new like level up on book use like library user. Oh, I if you had your own dedicated shelf. I aspire to that. Like it's kind of like the the library equivalent of Cheers. Like you know, like at a bar where you'll see a plaque, it's a seat, and I it's do. like this person sat here so many times for so many years that mm-hmm. like we've put their name on this. Like. I want my name on a shelf at the library. I I get like I've been having my norm cheers moment repeatedly with my local bookshop where I walk in the door and they're like, oh, do you have books to pick up? And I'm like, I probably I'm I'm about to. (laughs) Right. Like I'm walking out of here with books, whether pre-ordered or not. So uh, like, do you know me? You know me. (laughs) You know who I am. It's all I've ever wanted. I agree. Uh, so, so my my big news was also that we got to see each other, Karen. Yay. But I also we I also got to like relive every childhood road trip that we ever took <laughs> because I had to ride in the back seat of our parents' vehicle <laughs> up there and back. I'm dying like, laughing just thinking about it. <laughs> and like I I brought snacks. I had beverages. I had a pillow. I had a blankie. I had a book. Mom told me like six times like. Don't make yourself car sick. I was just like, I was having repeated flashbacks to every single trip we ever took, um, including like trying to not have to request a bathroom break up oh. until the point of emergency. Yep. Yep. You yep. know, and I will say our parents were very like the driver graciously gave me the break when requested. Like I was not that I was hassled about this, but we were like one hour into a drive of three and a half. And I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. Maybe I can hold it two and a half more hours. <laughs> How um, long did you wait then from that point before saying something? One, one like pile up on the highway and three minutes later, <laughs> I was like, excuse me, sir, take the next exit. I'm going to need a Starbucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. the The only the only difference was on this trip, I was sitting next to the porch goose that we had purchased and were bringing to you, yes! rather than you. And it simply wasn't the same. I mean, Gidget's a good pal, but she <laughs> there was not the same level of like mutual torture and poking and tattling like going arm... across like the invisible demarcation yes. line of war. Yeah. Your arm is on my, your blanket went onto my side of the mm-hmm. car. Stop, mm-hmm. stop breathing mm-hmm. so loud. <laughs> do, do, you, do you remember that scene from The Office where it's pretty early, I think it's in season one maybe, and Jim's papers have crossed over the threshold of Dwight's <laughs> desk? And, yep. Yeah. And he, they wind up putting like a barricade of 
freshly sharpened pencils shoved down in between the two desks <laughs> like a yeah it's pretty great a pointy so, moat that that was our uh road trip experience at least uh, amazing well and for everyone who doesn't know i don't think we said anything about this last time but kelly quested for me my dream has always been to have one of those concrete geese for your front porch and that you can dress up for different occasions kelly found one and brought it to me and it weighs like a thousand pounds so that was very nice of you to do and you're welcome uh, i Yes, I my my back health did suffer for a few days, but I've recovered. <laughs> it was totally worth it. Also, as a sewer, I am actively working on developing a pattern for that goose so we can dress her up like Nancy Drew. I would freak out. I I did mm-hmm. already get a Halloween costume for the goose, which I will not reveal on the air. I will post a photo when the time comes, but it's amazing. I'm going to need we're going to need to post lots of pictures of the goose. Oh so. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Absolutely absolutely (laughs) um shall we head into recommendation station my favorite part of the show i am so excited for this i yes what if i were more of a dork i would put in like a woo woo sound effect but i'm not so i I won't maybe 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 someday (laughs) maybe i i just want everyone to know that like i also feel the lack of a woo woo sound effect (laughs) it's also in my head um so if I may start us off. Yes. Uh, the third and final book, I believe it's the final one. It is called The Final Gambit. So <gasps> one would assume the third book of the Inheritance Games trilogy has finally arrived. Oh, so it is available. It's M-G. on sale. Uh, yes. Jennifer Lynn Barnes is the author. I have purchased it. I have not read it. If you are going to purchase it, consider shopping at a local bookshop. Um and if you haven't read the first two, highly recommend. Like, we both love those books. Loved and, them. Yeah. Um, and they're very in line with, like, exactly what we talk about. Like, these kind of teen sleuthy mystery. Puzzles. I, yeah. Puzzles. Oh. Ciphers, etc. Um, and yeah. we have super sleuth episodes on the first two books as well so if you want to catch up and read them and listen and then get the new one that would be cool that's literally what we're doing too so i think i might reread the first two because i yeah. forget a bit about where we left off and i me too want, uh, since i know this is the last one i want to savor it <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes i completely agree um i think i'm going to go back and reread those as well so i can be completely refreshed and yeah can't wait i'm gonna go try to get it today nice that completes my recommendation woo woo do you have one (laughs) i do and i want a sound effect too (laughs) my recommendation is unorthodox it is both a tv show and deeply from the backlist but i've been re-watching all of clarissa explains it all from nickelodeon and let me tell you it is still just like the perfect television show it brings me so much joy it is a balm for the soul and i just the costumes her computer in her room what was her little shaggy haired boyfriend's name that like put the ladder up against her window sam sam You'd hear the ladder hit the window and she'd go, hey, Sam. Hey, Sam. (laughs) Uh, I'm so happy to know this show holds up. Oh, it's fantastic. I I adore it. So that's, you know, not not a book to read and not sleuthy at all, but just something that is making me so happy right now. (laughs) Amazing. I may have to. uh... Yeah. Where are you watching it? Out of curiosity. It's on several 
channels. Um, there's that Paramount Plus station that you can watch uh-huh. it. I think it's on Prime. Um, it's in a couple different places, so okay. it's very I'll have findable. To find it. Nice. Well, should we talk about our best friend Nancy? We should. Um, and even though you assigned this section to me, you did all the research, so I'm going to just insist that you take credit <laughs> for what you did. <laughs> I am delighted. Well, so we're kind of, there aren't a lot of fun facts about these books as we're getting later in the series, which is a little bit of a bummer. So I've been taking some liberty and finding fun facts about things related to the book. <laughs> and I, Perfect. You know, it's, you, you do the best that, that you can. And um, so there are a ton of doll-related things in this, antique doll-related things in this book, as we have mentioned, and which I will probably mention a hundred more times. I'm sorry in advance. So I came across Don't this. apologize. The entire book was about dolls. Like, it's Constantly. not like there was one reference to a doll on page 78, and so you've made the entire book about... It, the entire book is about dolls. It was, they were a linchpin, one might say. That would be correct. Anyway, I interrupted. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> no. So I found this article in the Daily Mail... It's it's from 2011, so like over 10 years old, but it was about this woman in Brooklyn who had a collection of over 1,000 antique dolls, which mm-hmm. my first question is, how does one afford that much real estate in Brooklyn? Um, well, I don't, you don't, like... <laughs> She, they didn't they have to buy a house they did they ended up having to sell their spot in brooklyn i don't know where the second house was but they had to move and buy a new house to have enough room for her doll collection and i can uh-huh. absolutely tell you we were discussing like what is the threshold that is uh-huh. one of them <laughs> she, it is and and i would so i'm i already like went in and started our um our post for for the for the podcast release so like i went ahead like the the link is in the show notes for sure on this <laughs> you should definitely go look at the picture of there's a full et hiding in drew barrymore's closet picture where the mother and her child are standing amongst the dolls and i didn't see them for a while i had to look for a couple of minutes to find them yeah. i'm like are we sure there are people in this photo correct <laughs> I mean, also, so some of these dolls are over 170 years old, which also is ghost territory for sure. She had some dolls, individual doll, worth over 30,000 pounds, great British pounds at the time. So here's my question. Do you think it's worth that because she paid that much for it? Or do you think it's worth that because someone would pay that much for it? Oh, the age-old Because, like, question. Antiques Roadshow would be like, well, this old doll that you found in a garage sale and paid two cents for is actually worth it. That's what I want to know. I don't, I don't know. I did not go that far, but I will say that her whole collection, I don't know if this is per her or who valued this, was valued at over 1.23 million Great British pounds at the time. So <laughs> Great British pounds. GBP. <laughs> I don't that, know why I said it like that. Is that how they refer to it? I think it used to be, like, I think it's like GBP, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. I, <laughs> I only so. associate the words Great British with baking the show. The baking show. 
<laughs> also accurate. <laughs> but it would make sense if it was the Great British Baking Show because of the Great British Pound. I don't know. I Some, mean, someone who knows more than we do should tell us. I am not a financier, so take all of this with a grain of salt. But what I do know is that dolls are amazing. But it, oh, in her collection too, Kelly, she mm. had some dolls that were owned by Henry VIII and his wives. Owned by? Seriously? Yes. Wow. Oh, wait, no. (laughs) I just reread it. I... (laughs) It says, Dolls of Henry VIII and his six wives. It is a misleading sentence. Which, now that you've challenged it, I understand where I went wrong. It it, it was... That one needed a little editorial finesse before publishing. I would agree with you. It's a confusing statement. That makes me feel better. Well, I'm just telling lies over here. But she did, similar to some of the dolls in this book, have dolls that were used to smuggle things. For example, and I think these were mentioned in the book, dolls from the 1880s that were used to smuggle opium. Ooh. Right? I mean, man, people got creative. Who's going to suspect a doll? And this makes me, I just had an epiphany too, because I remember my favorite doll as a little like baby Karen, Pinky. Whenever <laughs> we went through TSA, they would make me put her on the scanner. That's and true. She would, she would have to go through the TSA scanner and I would freak out. And maybe that's maybe why. Maybe that's like, why. What is this child smuggling into Owensboro, Kentucky and her doll? <laughs> that's, that actually, so that's how I got, detached from my Minnie Mouse when I was like three or four years old. They That's made me true. put Minnie through the the conveyor belt x-ray machine and then they held her up and somehow we forgot about her. And dad had she... to do a midnight rescue. Was she filled with opium? <laughs> she was not filled as far as I know. She was just filled with mouse. You know? Magic. Just filled with magic. Um, oh, Minnie. Yeah. Interesting. They... Yeah. I, I mean, sure, we could be opium smugglers. We were adorable. I, Who no would suspect? Well, <laughs> not Pinky. Well, okay. So that's all my fun no facts. No wonder but... she looks so beat up. <laughs> she she had a tough life, that doll. <laughs> she, bless her heart, as they say. Um, well, since I stole the fun facts, would you like to do the favorite one sentence plot submission for the week yes yes ma'am i would so (laughs) our one sentence plot is based on the yellow the yellow flashlight edition cover and so to describe we have what i would consider to be an alarmingly crimson background Mm -hmm. it's yeah not not the best upon which we see nancy flipping through a photo album and behind Mm -hmm. her in like an ethereal little cloud is a violinist who is looming yes. over her. Yes. Um, I will just, as a side note, if you have a copy of this book in front of you, I think that if you're Nancy looking at the album, the top left photo looks like Pugsley from the Adams Family, which I choose to assume <laughs> is unrelated, but it nevertheless, the resemblance is there. I didn't even notice mm-hmm. that. That's yeah, awesome. he's got some Pugsley-ish qualities. <laughs> so our winner of the One Sentence Plot submission, which we do on Instagram, if you are on IG and want to follow us and play along, Our winner this week is Adriana, whose entry says, Feeling musically outshined, Nancy decides to show the crowd embarrassing baby photos of her rival, lest she become (laughs) the second fiddle at River Heights Got Talent competition. (laughs) I love this submission so much. 
And also, the idea of the River Heights Got Talent competition is genius because, as we have discussed, we've got opera singers, we've got ballet mm-hmm. dancers. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we have mm-hmm. famous, so Nance, much talent Nancy's in River Heights. Like a premier tap dancer. Um, yep. Yeah, no, there's burgeoning talent in River Heights. It only makes sense that this is a hub for River Heights Got Talent. I would pay um, so much money for a ticket to that show. No question. 100%. I mean, now we have a new character, Rose, who's probably going to headline. Absolutely. Yes, the violinist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So, uh, Karen is an esteemed violinist yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't laugh at that. You were very talented. Okay. You are. Um, did you ever try shady techniques like Adriana recommends in <laughs> competitor and competitions? <laughs> I no, I I didn't. But I, so I will tell a brief tale. I am in my late thirties, as everyone knows. Um, and right before the pandemic started, like one year prior, we moved to Seattle, and I needed activity, so I started taking violin lessons again. And it was I don't, so I didn't much even fun. Know that. Oh yeah, I I took lessons again for like a year in Seattle, and I loved it. I loved my teacher. And speaking of getting buffaloed, mm-hmm. she kind of tricked me into participating in a recital <laughs> oh no Mm-mm. and nope. I tried to get out of it in every way possible and uh she was not not letting not letting me slip through her fingers and so I went it was the adult recital and okay um, that helps I, that you weren't there with a whole bunch of like 10 year olds no the children had their own recital and this was all of us adults and uh it's so mean to make adults do a recital you know, the reason I ended up going is because it was also a potluck, and I will oh. absolutely get down with a potluck. So the no, food, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll perform for food. The food definitely lured me in. I do less um, for food all the time. <laughs> well, I think there were probably ten of us that were in the recital, and mm-hmm. I was second to last, meaning mm-hmm. I was one of the, the more advanced students. Mm. And uh, the problem was So it was like that... a lot of twinkle, twinkle little stars and like Michael Rowe, your boat ashores, and then what you, what were you playing? Oh my gosh, it was like a 15 minute, I don't even remember oh, what no. piece it was, but it was it was hard. And I Did you have to I... memorize it? No, I did not. I did not. That's good. That's what's always taken me down. Go on. I'll tell you that but story in a minute. It takes you back in time, man, because I was like, mm-hmm. I was so nervous. I was so sweaty. Mm-hmm. My violin teacher accompanied me on the piano. Like, I had to get up there and, like, bow and introduce myself. And I was just, like, having flashbacks of childhood recitals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't buffalo anyone into losing <laughs> so that I would be. But I did, however, try to, like, escape several times <laughs> flee the scene <laughs> and my my husband was with me and i was like we could just we could just go we could now just go. and he's like, like we we can't actually <laughs> he's like you already ate the food like had you not eaten all the food karen we could have just left now there is I a debt known. so it went well oh. and um, i'm very I proud of you lots of kind compliments afterwards and then I was like don't need to do that again (laughs) yeah that's a lot that's that's been my like deal breaker on a lot of renewal of training opportunities as an adult where I'm like for example I wanted to take tap dance lessons very much like Nancy cute more as a like um you know exercise activity and also because it sounded fun and they were like oh well there is an adult recital and I said pass like hard hard no. 
pass. I am not going to shuffle ball change in front of a bunch of children's <laughs> parents who are younger than I am. Like, please <laughs> get out of here. I would have co- I would have brought you flowers. I would have made a poster and held it up from the audience. I feel robbed of this experience. Okay, well, I'll make you a deal. I will shuffle ball change for you in the solitude of my basement when you come visit me and I want all of those things. Done. I w- done. Right. All right. You Can heard we- it here first, folks. If I don't get a poster board and flowers, Deals you off. will rue the day. <laughs> Let the ruin commence. Done. Well, as you prepare yourself in your tap routine, I will say without further ado, it is time for today's super fast plot overview of this Nancy Drew book, performed by three-time Academy Award nominee Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always a bridesmaid, Karen. <laughs> Uh, but written by you, so credit where credit's due. So, are we ready? Ready. Woo-woo. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong oh, sound we gotta effect. Use, we got to use some of that the, the Patreon contributions for some sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, you got to quit make me laugh. All right. Here we go. <sighs> Nancy and Carson attend the performance of a famous violinist. During the show, a purse snatcher seizes the jeweled handbag of elderly Mrs. Struthers. Nancy goes in hot pursuit, ruining the entire performance, but alas, does not catch the thief. Mrs. Struthers is, all capital letters, distraught, because her handbag contained a super important family photograph and sealed letter. Nancy befriends Mrs. Struthers and her granddaughter, Rose. Mrs. Struthers tells Nancy that Rose's father was a Romani violinist who disappeared when Rose was a child. Rose's mother, Enid, died shortly thereafter, but her dying wish was that someone find a certain doll and give it to her child. Mrs. Struthers has a ton of dolls in her collection, but has never found the mysterious doll that needs to be given to Rose. Mrs. Struthers provides Nancy with a jeweled album of family photos with a strange note inside that says, The source of light will heal all ills, but a curse will follow him who takes it from the Romani. Nancy is on the case! In the following chapters, Nancy is busy. She goes to a ton of doll conventions. She has multiple run-ins with a carrot-haired woman named Nataka, who seems to be stealing dolls and trying to find the quote-unquote special doll before Nancy can. She gets run off the road and thwarted away from her sleuthing efforts around the Romani camps. She pseudo-stalks several violinists trying to track down Rose's missing dad, and she even gets poisoned by a doll with a toxic sword. In the end, both Nancy and Rose are kidnapped by Zorus, a man who is basically running a cult and requiring his followers to pay all their money to his cause. Basically, he wants to take over America or something. We also learn that Rose's dad has been in Zorus's clutches all along. Through several acts of daring do, Nancy is able to reunite Rose's father with the family, find the missing doll, which is filled with an unnamed life-giving substance, get all of the criminals locked up, and reunite Mrs. Struthers with the family photograph and letter that were originally strat- snatched from her purse. Mrs. Struthers tries to give Nancy some fancy jewels, which Nancy declines, and we never learn the secrets contained in Mrs. Struthers' purse. The end. Ugh, such a good book. Yes. Twists, turns, daring do. Daring do. I was excited to use that. (laughs) It's one of my favorite phrases that I never think to use, but you do frequently, and it always makes me smile. So um, thoughts and musings, sister. Oh, so many. I Mm -hmm. have narrowed it down to two. 
Obviously. I loved that there was a whole doll element going, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. will stop belaboring it briefly. But I thought it was very funny that we were like very much trying to sell quote unquote dolls as a concept <laughs> in this book. Big time. Oh, no. Yeah, for sure. It, it was very much, um, there were so many quotes around like, Oh, I have one written down. One can learn about people of long ago and about other countries from dolls, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It was we weren't just gonna have dolls around. It was here's why dolls are amazing and why mm-hmm. they're valuable to society. And I feel like you don't run into that line of thought frequently. <laughs> no, and and it almost seemed like a justification of the plot point, which we very rarely get in Nancy Drew books. Like we're gonna have an entire episode about this one specific type of Persian cat. But there's nobody who's like nobody comes in and goes, This type of cat is the best because it, you know, escorts children across busy intersections or something like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um we they even give us like the etymology of the word doll. That's right. Yeah. They really get into like, we know it's a whole book about dolls, but bear with us. This isn't little kid stuff. It's history. This is important to the world with a capital W. Correct. Yeah. So that was like a big takeaway for me. I also, so much doll stuff and also so many violinists. I think we Mm -hmm. walked away with like four or five violinists in tow at the end of this. There were a few. Hard to keep track because they all had pseudonyms. So. Some of them were the same. Yeah. Um, but I did I did feel the itch. I was like, I, I mm-hmm. think I might have to practice my violin. But I finished reading this yesterday at like midnight. And I'm like, mm, maybe now's not maybe the time. Maybe, maybe later. <laughs> to- totally understand. Yeah. Those are my thoughts and musings. What about you? So Nancy at one point is flying with Bess and George to go to a doll convention. I was hoping you would talk about this. <laughs> I, I Truly, this is a question, okay? So I don't know if you can answer it, but I, I feel confident that one of our listeners can, like, shed some light on this. But they're, they're on a plane going to a doll show, and Nataka, who is the carrot-haired villain, gets on, and Nancy says, like, basically, I'm going to follow her, and so if she stays on the plane when we need to get off for the doll show, I'm going to stay on the plane and follow Nataka. And you two just go ahead and get off in New York City and I'll just I'll Correct. just stay on as long as I have to. Yep. <laughs> and I don't, like, did you stop and go, huh, air travel's different nowadays. Like, was that really a thing where, like, there, like it sounds like bus travel to me or, like, train like subway train travel where like i'm gonna get a ticket and if i decide to stay on two extra stops like you just come punch my pass and i pay you an extra ten dollars or whatever like that's not yes is that ever how air travel has ever like i know we're in a post 9-11 landscape now but this seems like how could that work like that I my I said out loud. I was like, "Are they on Bart in San Francisco? Thank you. <laughs> what is this?" I'm glad it was not just me. It was no. I was very confused. Um, I would luckily like to it didn't know come to that. I would like to know the answer to this question, though. Yeah. So, if anyone has insight into this, yeah. Also, it may be Googleable, and we could Google well, it. I also love that on this trip, like we'll talk about this more as well in Nancy's resume. She brought nothing with her. She was planning to be on this trip for several days, and she brought no luggage with her and said, eh, I'll just go shopping when I get there. <laughs> Which, I was like, that is a baller move. 
I agreed. I, I didn't see that. I didn't expect that from her. <laughs> it's always been kind of in, I'll, I'll admit that I've had that. I, I, I frequently said like when I'm traveling and somebody will say, do you have everything you need? Like before you get on the plane or you get in the car or whatever. And it's, I said this literally to dad last weekend when he picked me up to come see you. So like, do you have everything? And I said, well, I've got my phone and I've got my credit card. Anything else can be replaced. Yeah, glasses. I think that's the other one. Exactly. I was like, has there been a piece of me that's always kind of been hoping that like my duffel bag just fell out of the back of the car and I could just go replace everything? Fresh start. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what option do I have? I guess I'll have to go get a new crypto sheen. <laughs> cab driver, take me to Nordstrom. <laughs> so, Karen. Yes. Shall we move on to section one aka our favorite parts yes we shall and there are so many i there are a thousand and i think if i had to choose one which i won't <laughs> i was like must we yeah, no <laughs> but if you were like you can have only one favorite thing about this book i listen i know we've read 20 plus of these and it's been over the course of a couple of years now which is crazy but I felt like the clues in this book were the best we have ever had. Could not agree more. Yes. Okay, good. I'm glad mm-hmm. you felt that way too. And I will, so there are, there are many and we should discuss them all. Um, yes. At one point, Nancy receives a mysterious package per use that has a woven blanket in it. Mm-hmm. And she's like, this blanket must be a clue. She's looking at it. She can't decipher mm-hmm. anything. From across the room, Hannah Gruen sees this blanket and says, get it out of the house now. And Nancy says, why? And if you look at it from afar, you can see that the word beware is woven Mm -hmm. into this blanket, Mm -hmm. along with the words king and son, which also Mm -hmm. turn out to be clues Mm -hmm. for this. It's It's like an amazing clue. So awesome. Like woven into the blanket. Come on. Like, and then there was a very clever, get ready, unraveling of those <laughs> clues. Karen, really? How really they related. Karen. Oh, I couldn't help it. I, uh, okay, two, two others. Mm-hmm. I'll just say one, and then you say the other one, because I don't want to steal them all. But no, the one that we mentioned, the one that we mentioned in the super, super fast plot, it's the, cl- the clue in the old album. <laughs> Lit- literally. Literally. The source of light will heal all ills, but a curse will follow him who takes it from the Romani. And that becomes the crux of how Nancy solves the mystery, this little riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Helen Bostwick, a character in this book who is just a, a, I, what's, listen, a good Samaritan. <laughs> oh, she's more than a good Samaritan. She's my she, favorite type of character. She's deep throat. She Okay, talk more about... Helen Bostwick because she is a favorite part of the book Helen Bostwick is like an internal informant so she's mixed up with the criminal gang because her husband she like she married into it right um but now she's looking out for Rose and her father and so she's sending she's the one who sent the blanket she's the one who posted the light will heal all ills clue warning or whatever in the album um she also stops nancy at one point and gives her a clue she says music fills the air listen and you will learn and yeah and she was referring to 
which Nancy eventually figures out, which I give her great credit for, she realizes she's talking about the air waves Mm -hmm. and connects it to playing on the radio. And so Nancy, I mean, this is a really great investigative technique, which like had payoff very quickly, like before the mail could have even been delivered. She's gotten a response. But Nancy emails, like emails, she emails, adorable. Yes. She she handwrites a letter to multiple radio stations and asks them if they happen to know about a violinist that meets this description. And that's how she ultimately tracks down Rose's father. But it's all because of our informant. I love an informant. You do love an informant. I this character was also she's a very talented weaver and as a very lover of the textile arts, I was very impressed. There's well, a picture. She's got to be pretty quick if she's like, hmm, how can I smuggle out a warning? I'll just knit it into a blanket. I mean, my lord. There's a picture of it. There's an illustration of this blanket in the book, and you can see the the word beware woven into it. And I love this. I almost said photo, <laughs> photo email. <laughs> I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> um. But yeah, as a you person, should, you who, should make one. I have a loom, and let me tell you, I am nowhere close to being able to Don't weave a word into just, a blanket, we, like on with with no pattern. Just be like, you know what? I'm gonna send a little message real quick here. Yeah, this one. This one says, "Beware." <laughs> <laughs> Come to my Etsy shop, Helen Bostwick at Etsy.com. Oh my god! Amazing! Amazing! Um, another one of my favorite clues, which I don't think we've gotten before in a Nancy Drew book, was the deathbed utterance, the deathbed oh. clue from Enid. Who, oh. you know, draws her mother close and says, you must find the doll for Rose. And mom goes like, give me what? more information. <laughs> and that's not really telling me much. Do, do you not see all the dolls here? Like, is it one of them? And she goes, old album. And then she, you know clutches expires. her chest and expires and enter nancy drew enter thank goodness too because mm-hmm. they they would never would have solved it without her kelly and none of these none mm-hmm. of these mysteries would be solved without nancy but no, definitely I, not this one <laughs> no if nancy if i were nancy i would be buying a lottery ticket because as much as i, I don't want to diminish her investigative techniques but she is lucky she is lucky, lucky. I think ultimately she's also lucky in that her chosen path is sleuth mm-hmm. and she happens to live in an area that has so many sleuthable things. And yes, like, it's just rife with crime. I'm on next door in my neighborhood. Oh, it started pouring down rain just now. Mm. Oh, it's very spooky. Mm. Um, I'm like, I'm on the next door app in my neighborhood and like things happen, but I, no one's ever been like, a mysterious doll with a life-saving <laughs> substance inside of it has gone missing, seeking sleuth. Like, right. No one's ever called for a neighborhood sleuth. No. Yeah. And she she has hit the jackpot in terms of her location. True. She has. And imagine what she could do with email and next door. It wouldn't be a challenge. She'd be like, I'm unplugged. I'm off the grid. Let's make it harder. <laughs> Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Rose, the granddaughter? Um, sure, I certainly do. Rose is a classic Nancy Drew child trope, right? Yes. She's a girl. She's an orphan. She's in distress. She's literally, literally running amok, amok, amok. Yes. Um, that being said, 
I my note said, can she please be a junior member of the Clue Crew? I <laughs> loved her. I, I love she her. is hands down my favorite distressed orphan so mm-hmm. far. And there have because been she 30 of them. Super distressed. Like, let's be clear. Like she was in a perhaps distressing situation, but she was somewhat unbothered by it. True. True. Yeah. She's very saucy. Mm-hmm. A strong um, sense of self. She does not take she does not take notes. <laughs> no, not no soliciting notes, feedback. No. Um no feedback. And in fact, okay, my favorite line in the entire book. I know she, exactly what you're gonna say. Rose hated George, yes. which same. same <laughs> mm-hmm. And from from the second the And two, frankly, the like enemy of my enemy is my friend. So Rose, we're besties now. Accurate. Like, from the second the two of these individuals lock eyes, it is just sheer disdain. And George is just scolding Rose and being a stick in the mud. Mm -hmm. And Rose says, you're a meanie, and you're a girl, and they call you George. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, Rose, Rose. get her. Like a child. Speaking the speech of the people. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, I... (laughs) So there's this part where Rose almost runs over Nancy and George with a motorbike, which, okay, (laughs) not great. But (laughs) she had traded her bicycle for a motorbike. And I was like, well, that's cool. And George proceeds to go off on this lecture to her about how she's operating her motorbike illegally because she doesn't have a license. And I'm like, calm down down george you're like what aren't they like 17 well who knows at this point they're in the eternal they are not grown-ups 21 bracket yeah (laughs) like they're not grown-ups i no. like granted she's not rose's contemporary but like take it down a notch like george you helped break into a retirement village at larkspur lane like i was just gonna say that like george has several uh (laughs) marks on her record across these sleuthing attempts so like is she one to throw rocks thank you glass the glass house says no Mm -hmm. (laughs) yes batten down your glass house okay um also rose this is my one of my favorite parts with rose rose genuinely didn't realize she'd been kidnapped like no (laughs) she was like oh is this what hollywood looks like and i'm here for my audition mr spielberg (laughs) <laughs> they're like oh no they they snatched you and she's like really oh i thought it was my big break i thought yeah. i'm about to be a star yeah she mm. um basically she's so full of vivacious energy and everyone's like we can't control rose she's just not turning out to be a little lady at all and mm. and nancy is like maybe channel her energy into something positive because nancy is also something a chi- that she already likes a child like therapist i should mm. have added that to the resume this week but um you should have yeah, starts... all of these adults team tend to be like, hey, Nancy, I know you're 50 years younger than me and have known this child for all of seven minutes, but what do you think I should do with her? And she's like, well, how about this? And they go, oh, thank God you came along. Yes, exactly You solved that. it. Mm-hmm. And then Rose becomes the world's best violinist in like nary a month, I would say. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Which... I don't think this whole book took a month. I don't, I don't know that it did either. And by no. the end of it, she is a virtuoso. <laughs> yes. She had surpassed her teacher in like, what, two lessons or something? Yes. Nancy walks into the house and goes, oh, that must be Mr. So-and-so that I connected her with to teach Rose because I do know all of the, you know, art teachers in the landscape. And yes. 
her grandmother goes, oh, no, that's Rose. That's Rose playing. Yes. Yep. Born with a violin in her hands. Um, <laughs> Nature versus nurture. <laughs> <laughs> if only she'd like dolls. Um, so uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about our villain and her one identifiable trait, Karen? Yes. And this is a probably a quick one, but I just could not stop laughing. So the villain is named Nataka, and she is just on the loose, stealing dolls, selling dolls, stealing <laughs> jewels, selling jewels. She's just like here and there, has a few of her own nom de plumes. Plumes? Mm-hmm. Nom de plume? You know. Yeah. Fake identities. <laughs> and per classic Nancy Drew, the way that we identify a villain is with a single... <laughs> oft repeated physical trait Mm -hmm, and like mm -hmm. in some of the books it's been like it's the guy with the big feet or like he's got big feet or he's like really little like who was it munchy what was the guy's name in the last one it started with a g grumper gumper Gumper? what what was grumper grumper (laughs) i like munchy (laughs) just give it time it's only a matter of time (laughs) it'll happen munchy would have huge teeth that would be his thing (laughs) Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Go on. Nataka, what's thing? <laughs> you're right. Nataka's mm-hmm. epithet, if we're going to pull out a, a English major an word. An SAT word. Yeah. Uh, is that she is the carrot-colored... She She's a villain with carrot-colored hair. Uh-huh. And, co- like, it probably is said 15 times, no joke in this book, like, oh, and then she took her scarf off and realized she had carrot-colored hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, uh, we, Carolyn Keene, pretty predictable there. The carrot-colored hair villain. Um, yeah, very very easy to identify the villain across many different iterations. But, I mean, it was giving me a lot. I was having a lot of sympathy here for poor Nataka. Although, I suspect this was not her natural hair color, in which case I have less sympathy for her. Um, because then you just need to adjust your Clairol. But, <laughs> I like... I am a brunette, however, I can imagine that if I had reddish toned hair, being called carrots like Anne of Green Gables <gasps> would also Shirley. lead me to like punch Gilbert in the face. Like nobody wants to be told their hair looks like carrots. That's why she's stealing all these dolls. She's like, Correct. the world has turned Vengeance. against me. I'm done. Vengeance. Yep. Also, I just want to point out that there's. <laughs> It's not Titian. <laughs> yeah, you are correct. We have another very notable redhead in this book yeah. who is never called the carrot-colored hair no. woman. She's no. the Titian-haired sleuth. <laughs> oh, Nataka. I feel oh, bad for yeah, her. Carrot sounds good. Um, well, are we hungry? I'm hungry, too. I'm starving. Uh, I have nuts sitting right here, like almonds, but I'm not going to eat those. That I would have to edit out me for the rest of the show, which some people are probably like, and that'd be all right. But um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think we have two more favorite things that we wanted yes. to talk about. Um, I will talk about the next one as well, because mm-hmm. it's, it's dolls again. <laughs> so we had three dolls used as smuggling mechanisms we had a poison sword doll that stabs mm-hmm. nancy and she yes. could have died absolutely she like full-on pricked her finger on that spindle and then fell to the earth and had mm-hmm. to be rescued but not yes. rescued but like had to have medical attention a doll yes. was so poisonous it almost killed her yes and like a an antidote had to be curated Concocted. yes, yes. Also, on the scene 
Did it bother you that Carson abandoned her? It did. It did okay. bother me. He bounced so fast. Yeah. He was like, she. oh, oh she's okay now? Great. Like, she's still passed out. But he's like, Hannah can sit with her. I'm like, oh, rude. The doctor seen to her. Oh, we God. also had... Um, a poisonous witch doll? Which we did. I loved this one. Can you explain this doll to me? I got confused. Um, It was, I I'm, I may be saying this wrong, but it was something about it had like a, a cylinder of poison gas in it. And oh. so like it was apparently very easy to like break the cylinder or like release the poison gas. Kind of like in the last book with the cave that had the poison gas that seeped yeah. out of it he could with munchie yeah no oh it's very similar <laughs> and then we had our third doll which i have an open question about so i will not say much but we had uh-huh. the, the doll that is at the the crux of the story or the linchpin to use that word again but uh-huh. it's this magical healing doll from from enid's deathbed uh-huh. um that when someone held it it seemed to have a life-giving substance that Yes. Kept you and alive. And also, there was another clue in the old album, and it was a picture of this doll that was made to look like Enid. And it was so realistic that people didn't realize it wasn't a photo of Enid for most right. of the book. Correct. Unbelievable. Um, I have some I, thoughts on this magic healing doll, too, but you're telling me we can wait until final thoughts and musings or whatever we call it, open questions? Open questions, yes. I wanted to... Just, I, I, need, I need help. But I, my... In conclusion... Mm-hmm. on this topic the doll topic for for now for the 30th time um you should go check out your kirsten doll and see if she's Harvey. you know got any secrets uh i will do that i it's it's funny i was thinking about that barbie that we had who had like a secret wad of chewing gum shoved up in her neck to try to keep her head back on after i pulled it off like that always I, felt like a secret to me forgot about that yeah it kind of rattled around a little bit I complete. Who put that in her? Did a parent do that? No, no. You I think it was that? me trying to cover up my crime. I see. Mm-hmm. I see. Well, yeah. Nice attempt. <laughs> yeah, I tried. Um, I I gotta say, I thought we were doing really good with dolls when we were kids. Like their hair grew back, they wet their diapers, but like this whole poisoning people is kind of taking it to a whole new level. So. Oh yeah, this is way way better than totally hair Barbie for sure. <laughs> Love totally hair Barbie. Uh, or that My Little Pony whose head you ratcheted to, like, suck its tail back in. Yep. The, uh, oh, that was fine. I loved it. Anyway. Mm. <laughs> so good. Okay. Here's my last favorite. Th- Are we still on favorite things? Oh, my God. Okay. So it was here, so good. There were. It was all favorite things. Okay. Here was my last favorite thing. Um, Nancy gets rescued at the very end of the book by Carson flying in on a helicopter. In a chopper. He choppers in to rescue Nancy. Um... I was not super upset that Carson wasn't around much in this book because, frankly, he tends to complicate things a lot. And, like, it's kind of boring. But I I just always don't care what he's up to. And then we have to hear about it. And I'm like, let's move along. Let's move along. But this time he came to the rescue with some expediency in a chopper with the police. So well done, Carson. Um, Also... It was a really good thing he showed up because Bess and George, who should have been the first ones to be able to get to her, had, and I quote, already abandoned the search and were heading home. 
they they ditched her. <laughs> they ditched her hard. They didn't even go like, we can't find her. Let's go bring in backup. They were just like, oh, well, I guess she's gone and went home. So Ugh. zero stars to Nancy's backup. I zero am. Stars. I I expect this type of behavior from George, George. Mm-hmm. but I was disappointed in Bess, and I. I'm choosing to believe Bess was coerced into this by George. <laughs> I, I think if we had a like a spinoff series that was from Bess's perspective, maybe it wasn't quite that cavalier, but I do blame George. Yeah. I the same. Always. But you she was like, have... sunlight's fading and I've only got half a tank of gas and I've got a date with whatever Ned's friend is that she occasionally goes out with. Bert, Bruce, Bucky, Dave, I don't Dave. know. Oh Dave, no one... you're right. That's Is it right. Dave? I think it's Dave. Ugh. Well, moving on from George Haterade, I would love to hear if you had any, this is my favorite thing to ask you. Did you have any, it would have been awesome if moments? Yes, I did. I did. I had one and I'm just going to go for it. Okay. So <laughs> it would have been awesome if I just basically want to do a whole rewrite and like keep all of it the same, except for this one part. I wanted this to have been a story about a nefarious cult Let's just recast it. I want it to be like a 70s era cult story because everything makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. Like we have the insane but charismatic leader, a.k.a. the king, who has promised never ending life through a magical substance that he has contained inside a doll. Mm -hmm. But in order to stay near the doll and utilize the longevity benefits it offers, you must cut off all ties to your real life, give all your money to the group, and follow all the king's orders without question, including stealing and kidnapping and whatever else he decides. Mm-hmm. So then when Enid realizes she doesn't want Rose, her baby, to like grow up in this environment and decides to leave, she decides to bounce. But her husband isn't ready to do that for whatever reason. Like in my mind, he also sees the wheels falling off cult life, but he thinks he can protect them better if he stays on the inside. Yep. Yep. So he stays... And, but Enid, who has not disclosed this to anyone, she knows she's sick. And so on her way out, she manages to steal the longevity doll. And that is what then brings down the full wrath of the cult upon her. Oh, it's so good. It makes Uh, way more sense if it's a cult. A cult. I completely agree. And like, so the king is named Zorus, which is Mm -hmm. such a great cult name. Yeah. And um, he refers to, everyone's always giving him money, being forced into doing that. And he calls it the cause. And as soon as they said the cause for the first time, I was like, this is, we're, why isn't this about a cult? I completely right? agree. Yeah, it's it's a total cult situation. So um, I we've had a little bit of cult stuff going on. Like there was the... Well, it's not been real cults though, right? It's been cu- cults as covers for like... Um, Syndicates. Syndicate. Thank you. I was looking <laughs> for the word. It's like counterfeiting syndicates. Um, but I want a real cult. Like I want like a midsummer situation. I am super here for that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so that's my one. It would have been awesome if because otherwise I thought it was like perfect. I thought so too. I this one is very brief, but this character Helen Boswick, your favorite character mm, of life, yeah, the mole, um, mm-hmm. the mole, yeah. I mm-hmm. wanted her to be somehow more related to Rose and her mm. family intrigue. She was just kind of this, um, like, knight in shining armor that was 
in the path of what was happening mm-hmm. um, and really went out of her way to like prevent other people from having very bad experiences. But mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. felt like I don't even have the fully formed rewrite in my mind, but I wanted her to be just more entangled in the story of Rose and Enid and the mm-hmm. violinist father. Um, I, I like that she's not necessarily like related to any of them because that's one of the things in Nancy Drew books that always makes me go oh my god I roll it's too quin- co- too much of a quinky dink you you didn't want her to be the mom's twin I <laughs> now I do <laughs> I take it all back uh, she was the dad's twin they were just fraternal twins um I see yep yep just like the trees um <laughs> that's if you know you know throwback um but I would have liked more of her backstory to know why she was, like, she clearly has a story more than yes. we thought. Yes. I, her, the, her end to all of this, though, I really loved is that she escaped from the cult and Nancy got her a job at a yarn shop. And I was like, oh, Helen is living my dream. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it does sound like a dream gig after being part of a cult. So. For your entire life. Yes. Yeah. Um, do you have a resume for Nancy? Have we built on her at all? Oh, we have. Okay. Nancy's never ending resume. Da, 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 da. Also, I, added... I just, tea for time. After you do the resume, I do have one throwback real world River Heights moment. <gasps> I can't wait. Okay. Okay. Continue. So I added four things to Nancy's resume this week. Mm-hmm. First one, we may have known. However, she is a yacht club member, which makes sense you know like they're they're clearly wealthy Carson is clearly wealthy but I was more surprised that that she was still allowed on the premises basically (laughs) after her track record with with uh sailing vessels but she is it's a fair fair point (laughs) a full yacht club member and they let her keep coming back which is I hadn't even thought about that like oh my god like her picture should be on a wall somewhere. Yes, like, do like, not rent a yacht to her. She can stay on the dock in that. Maybe not even on the dock. Not like, even she's on the been dock. On too close. Docks that have mm-hmm. blown up. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Um, Nancy is also a jeweler, or perhaps jeweler adjacent. <laughs> at the end of the at the end of the book, she's trying to put the jewels back into the old album because they were stolen. And she's like, oh, no problem. I can fix that. And she pulls jeweler's pliers out of her satchel and just Mm -hmm. repairs these very expensive gems into this book. So Mm -hmm. that was new. This coming from the woman who just started carrying a flashlight, I just want to say. (laughs) like, Yes. It's like, man, you've really added a full, like, like utilicilt all-in-one screwdriver situation to your arsenal, haven't you? That's what I was picturing, like a Gerber, like one of those Leatherman multi-tools. I'm like, oh, there's a jeweler's Mm -hmm. pliers on that? Okay. Mm -hmm. There's not, as I have several (laughs) of them. There is not, in fact. But Didn't think so. Yeah. Um, This one was the most surprising to me. Mm. And I don't know that I liked it. Mm. But Nancy, she was untruthful a couple of times in this book in a way that felt very uncharacteristic to me. Mm. Say more words. Little Rose gets kidnapped. Nancy knows that she's... Well, no. We just know that Rose is missing. Uh-huh. Rose's grandmother calls Nancy, is bereft. Uh-huh. 
beside herself. Oh my God, Rose is gone. She's been kidnapped. What do we do? How do we that call the police? That was a good impersonation. I would have oh, thought I was talking to Mrs. Struthers. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a character actor now. Um, and Nancy goes, oh, she does not even miss a beat. She says, oh, you know, I, Mrs. Struthers, she's fine. I'm sure Rose wasn't kidnapped. Hangs up the phone. And then the narrator of the book basically says, but actually Nancy was 100% sure that Rose had been kidnapped. <laughs> It was such an arrested development moment. It was like, turn to the audience. But Nancy secretly knew that this child's life was in danger. Oh, that's so funny. An arrested development moment. It was. It totally was. It was so weird. It was so un-Nancy because she usually prides herself on like being direct and like telling people the cold hard truth. And she just like lies to this Mm -hmm. woman's face. Yeah, because she thinks she can't take it. But I had a similar reaction when Carson and Nancy decided to hire the private detective to, like, stalk the grounds. Not stalk. Protect Rose, I guess, is the less, like, I've been watching too much ID channel way to put it. But, um, and and they both decided, like, no, let's not tell them. And I, I was like, it's quite infantilizing. And also terrifying because... If I walked outside right now and found some secret detective, like, crouched in my bushes mm-hmm. that I did not know that, that was there, I would assume it was a killer. Of course like, you that's would. that's terrifying. Terrifying. I hate course, it. That's the only correct assumption. Oh, Kelly. Well, my last thing that I had for Nancy, big spender in this book. Mm-hmm. I kind of mentioned this, but she brings zero luggage to New York City for a multi-day trip and just says, I'll just yep. go shopping when I get there. Mm-hmm. Um, she also goes to so many doll conventions and is buying dolls for Mrs. Struthers and just outbidding everyone left and right. Um, She is throwing down dollars left and right in this book. I I, I do have a question for you on this front. Number one, so at one of these conventions, she decides that Mrs. Struthers, even though she knows it's not the doll she's looking for, that she's going to get her this quote-unquote four-faced doll where you spin its head and it changes expression. Yeah. Um, it, like, is that a doll you would want to add to your collection? Because it sounds no. super creepy to me. No, no. I am not. Also, I... how is it different from Blythe and her eyes? Defend your answer. <gasps> I have no justification for that. <laughs> I, can't, I can't. There is no defense. I know that my Blythe doll freaks you out. and I mean, I, I under- love her, but. I understand yeah. why. <laughs> um. I will just say one of the things I loved is I love a vendor show convention. Same. It's the best. So I was completely down for it. We we got this once before, I think in the tapping heels, like there was the cat convention or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I love, I love a vendor show. I do too. I, I, oh, I would go today if there was one. Same. All for things basically I want to buy in one place. Anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We should find one and go. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> I I will just conclude, though, my big spender statement was saying my remaining concern, episode over episode, is Nancy's finances because she never gets paid for her work. She accepts no payment. And now I'm like, who, where is she writing off these expenses? I agree. I agree. I mean, is she submitting invoices for reimbursement? I have to assume so. But like, what happens when she gets back and Mrs. Struthers goes, why did you spend $200 on this four-faced doll? That's not what I asked you to find. Right. And then it's yours. And and Nancy is operating at a strong net loss. 
a strong net loss. I mean, they've also covered the cost for a detective for like several days, weeks, months, however long this book lasted. Truth. Truth. Ridiculous. Don't feel good about it. Um, Can I tell you my real world River Heights moment? Yes, please. Okay. I don't want to come off as hating Ned, even though that's probably well that ship may have sailed I mean, <laughs> for both of us <laughs> that may be where we are but and and i did not hate ned in this book i not at all i thought ned was like pretty stand up in this book no big complaints i will mention that ned is once again a camp counselor so apparently his insurance gig didn't work out didn't but out. <laughs> that's neither here nor there i do need to bring up that ned like all but proposes to nancy and her response is to essentially shush him. <laughs> like, he, he starts going on about his future and how he, like, I'm paraphrasing. I don't really remember. But it's, you know, I'm going to have, like, white picket fence and two and a half kids. And I'm going to be married to the prettiest girl whose name is Ned. And she goes, oh, Ned, come on. Let's go look for clues. Yep. And I'm like, oh, it's heating up in River Heights. What is going to happen? He is he is barking up the wrong tree. Like she is yeah. not interested. And I do feel a little for Ned because Ned clearly wants to like settle down, have a nice little situation. He wants to go like picnicking on the river, catch some fish, go stroll by his friend's house, have him fry him up for him. Like he wants a very bucolic little 1950s lifestyle. And bucolic. Nancy, I know we are doing the SAT words today. Um Nancy wants to be a career woman who doesn't get paid. And that is a very <laughs> difficult intersection of interests. I I agree. Yeah. I think they're going to have a hard time working through that. <laughs> um, that concludes my, my thoughts. Um, do you have any open questions? I do. And listen, I still just don't get this healing doll situation that is the crux of things. So I have a theory. This- and well, the reason it really is bizarre to me is that I could have just assumed that Enid, the mom at the time of her death, thought that this doll had healing properties or that, you know, other people thought it was miraculous. But Nancy Drew herself holds this doll and all but gets like superpowers for a moment. And I am now paraphrasing, but the book says something like Nancy couldn't tell if she was do you have the hiccups i have the hiccups i'm so sorry I'll <laughs> oh it's edit so it out. cute no it's so it. cute i'm so sorry <laughs> it's adorable um but there's this line where it's something like nancy couldn't tell if she was like having the world's best idea or if the doll was actually working and so the fact that it even seemed to impact nancy i'm like uh-huh. what is in this doll well it also when she picked it up she almost dropped it because it was warm like a human <gasps> Oh, that's right. That's okay, creepy. So here's, here's my theory, and also then this brings us into a legal quandary. Okay, are you ready for okay. it? I would love to hear okay. it. So I think this doll is filled with radium <gasps> or like your, some kind of radioactive material. Interesting. Making it the thing that actually killed Enid. Oh. <gasps> So she thought it was, oh my gosh, I bet you're right. Twist. She thought it was curing her and it was slowly mm. draining her of like, O-M-G. Or super secret option number two. Like it could just be filled with a hot water bottle. Okay. But that's no fun. Option number two is it really is filled with this like magical life sustaining substance, right? Like the longevity mineral that they've found, you know, 
growing out the side of Munchies Mountain or whatever. And therefore, it was the thing keeping Enid alive. So wouldn't stealing it from Enid then bear a murder charge? Or at least a manslaughter charge? It should. It should. But you would have a hard time proving that. I mean, in a court well, that's of law. True. We'd have a hard time proving any of this. One of my favorite things is that Nancy is just now like she's she's about to get pulled over by the cops at one point and she goes, I'm Nancy Drew, follow that man and they go, Yes, Miss Drew, and they just take off after the dude. Like she she can do whatever she wants now. She's I'm gonna try that the next time I get pulled over. Have you gotten pulled over a lot? I realize now the way I said that implies that I have been pulled over recently. I was I have not been, knock on wood. Do you have any open questions about this book? Yes. I'd want to know what was in the letter in that handbag that got stolen. Uh, I, yes, we will never know. I, uh-huh. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it was something, it was something that she didn't want anyone else to see. It was something she didn't, that wasn't necessarily related to Rose. Maybe the grandmother, Mrs. Struthers, was in cahoots with Zorus, or like she was had been in love with Zorus at one point before he went crazy and became a cult leader, and it was a love letter. A love letter from the I don't I, I have no idea. Maybe she had done something scandalous to get one of her dolls. <gasps> Maybe Mrs. Struthers. <laughs> Mrs. Struthers, my goodness. <laughs> <sighs> um, that's my question. So, Karen. Yes. This week we are going to rate. Out of respect for you, the clue in the old album out of a 12 possible deadly dolls. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. So I'm going to let you go first on your rating. I give this book 8 out of 10 deadly dolls. And I very much wanted to give it... Oh, wait, out of 12! <gasps> Thank you. I was like, you are not utilizing the correct algorithm. Do over. Can you edit that out? Go. No! <laughs> Okay, I rate this book 10 out of 12 Deadly Dolls I on the fly. Um, I really wanted to give it the full, the full gamut, 12 out of 12, but mm-hmm. I just could not in good conscience due to uh, the language updates that are needed drastically in referring to the cast of characters that needs to go That's away. That's fair point. Yes. Um, I also was irritated that we did not get any fodder for our cooking show from this one. Um, Same. Like, several meals were consumed, and for some yeah. reason in this book, and only this book, they do not mention one menu item, uh, yeah. which was a huge letdown. However, other than that, I thought this plot was a work of art. Twelve, 10 out of 12, Deadly Dolls. 10 out of 12, slash 8 out of 10. Slash 8 out of 10. <laughs> I, I actually, once again, I completely agree with you. I would have given this 12 out of 12... Um, I removed three for outdated language. I added one back because of the amazing clues and the poison dolls. Like, I love the poison doll situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I considered removing an additional doll because the backup team failed. But I decided to just let it ride and we're at 10 out of 12. I think that's fair. They, it's the first time they've really screwed up. So we'll give them a pass this, this book. Yeah, they really let their girl hang, for sure. Not, All right. Not great. 10 out of 12 across yeah. the board. So uh, what are we reading next week? 
Yes! Next week we are reading Nancy Drew and the Ghost of Blackwood Hall. And Are you going to be okay? I'm going to be okay. And I looked up the original cover for this book. It will not mm-hmm. be the one we're reading. It's like the old, old one. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait for you to see it because she is straight up dressed like Belle from Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast. Like it really? could be the cover of Beauty and the Beast. So you know this is going to be good. It's going to be good. Um, I have the cover of the flashlight edition right in front of me and i concur because it's clearly phantom of the opera oh but i will say that nancy has some pretty carroty colored hair mm, watch out nataka nataka she's coming for your clara <laughs> well pals if you would do us a solid rate review subscribe tell a friend follow us on instagram at it's a clue podcast And if you are so inclined, we would love if you became a Helen Corning friend on Patreon. Um, As Kelly has said before, this means that basically you are a bestie of the show. Um, We will appreciate any and all support in any form, even if it is only verbal. We love that too. Um, We'll also give you a shout out on the show when you become a patron. And you can find that at patreon.com slash it's a clue podcast. And Karen, remember what we learned today in Nancy Drew and the Clue of the Old Album. Lay it on me. If someone sends you a surprise doll package via a hidden dumbwaiter in your house, absolutely do not open that box. Bury it a hole in the forest and never look back. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> and with that, happy, happy sleuthing. sleuthing. It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow. It-